This is the Giraffes Don't Eat Steak podcast, a show that brings you marketing stories, tips, hints, and much more. A treat for those who want to succeed in business or marketers who just want to learn. So what's the number one thing that really annoys me, Alex, about working with new clients? Um, when they don't take you on a wine farm. No, joking. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to ha- have a ha- hazard a guess here and I'm going to say when they ignore or don't acknowledge or don't think about the target audience. You're right. What do they say, Alex? I sell to everybody. You've How many times have we heard that? Who do you sell to? Oh, no, I'm for everybody. I help yeah. everybody. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's my number one bugbear. That's your number one bugbear. Yes, yeah, but it, 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 it's a it's a bug that comes back time and time again to bite, and it it really it really surprises me actually. Um, well, okay, it doesn't surprise me when people would say that and they don't have any marketing knowledge. You can't blame them for that, right? Right. The most annoying thing is when you're working with marketers who have been working on these projects for a long time and they still don't take it into account for me this is like breathing is <laughs> the the 101 of living and for for marketing it's the 101 for marketing right doesn't uh, matter how you. far you go through the tu- through the funnel you still need to reference that one point of the audience that you've been that you that you've been researching at the beginning of the project it always ties back and it's every single marketing avenue. If you do Facebook ads, they're going to ask you who's your target audience. If you do a website, who's your target audience? If you do events, if you do webinars, if you write a book, whatever marketing you do, go to networking. They're going to say, who's your target audience? Now, yeah. most people don't actually know how to answer that question, right? That's what they struggle with. Why? I think they're scared of turning anyone away, especially when you're starting your business, right? Like, oh, no, I need all the money I can get. I don't want to turn anyone away. No, that's that's a big problem that we all see. And it's a, it's understandable. And I, I think it's probably part of human nature when you're trying to to earn money, for example. You, you logically think, I'm not going to say no to that person, but it's not. But the point is, it's not saying no to anybody, is it? No. It's, it's directing your focus. Say someone else completely outside of your target audience comes along and says, I'm interested in your product. You're not going to say, actually, no, I can't sell it to you because when I was doing the research earlier with Alex and Erica, it came out that you weren't in my target audience, so I'm not going to sell to you. No, it doesn't work like that. But you just need to have that focus and, and don't worry about, excluding anybody from that focus because if they are interested in a product somehow they will get there eventually but if you're concentrating on the things that make your product your product you know what it solves and the value that adds to somebody absolutely and you know the analogy i use is well two things the one is that well giraffes don't eat steak right that's why we're here on this podcast but the second one is that human beings and i'm never popular when i say this but as human beings we are all inherently selfish absolute fact every 
part of our brain goes, what's in it for me? Why should I care? And our brains have this auto filter that's doing it automatically. We don't even know that our brains are filtering out stuff that it's going, oh, she doesn't care about this. Nope, she doesn't want to know about that. Classic example, you know my story, is when I bought my Mini Cooper, right? Never thought about a Mini Cooper and then needed a little run around for the village. Yeah, I love a Mini Cooper. Let's do that. Drove it home from the showroom and suddenly realized everyone in my village has a Mini Cooper. Now, I know for a fact that they didn't all drive to the Mini Cooper shop on the same day as me and drive home with Mini Coopers, which means they always had it. But why hadn't I noticed it? Because my brain had said, not important. We don't need to tell her about that. So it had switched it all out. But then when I drove it home, my brain's like, oh, she likes Mini Coopers. Let's let that message through. Now, if you yeah. understand that principle, your marketing has to get through that gatekeeper, right, of your brain, of the, your target client's brain, which means you have to know them to, to do the right message yeah. so that their brain can let your message through. Yeah, because if, if you know Erica, the person who is currently in the market for a runaround, you won't talk about the mini part of the brand or whatever, right? You, you want to talk about the what you need to get out of it Absolutely. the fact that it's small that it can nip in and out of spaces quickly it's easy to park e easy to park exactly it can go uh, fast it goes <laughs> fast it's got uh enough space in the car for kids or whatever like that you know those kind of things not um focusing on maybe the brand element where where it's you know in fashion thing or blah blah blah, blah. no because that's not going to attract you you, exactly. you have your needs and it needs to solve those and someone selling range rovers my brain's not gonna let that through because already it's a gigantic big car that i probably can't drive so uh you'll be wasting your time my brain goes she doesn't like big cars ignore that ad yeah it There's sounds so simple when we say it, Alex. Why does why does it take people such a long time to get it? Yeah, it's it's hard. I as a product owner or a developer, I get it's hard to take your head out of the product. Yeah, and see it from a from from a, a third party point of view, basically, yeah. and understand. Because once you start knowing the inner workings of it and you get really proud of how it connects here and here and the amazing connectivity that it has, you just completely forget what your product is to the person who will be using it. And it's very hard, I think, to take your head out of that. So it's not necessary. So it probably takes quite a lot of training for somebody to do that themselves. But it, that's why it's far easier sometimes to work with someone who isn't so deep in on the product absolutely absolutely and you know i believe that our job as marketers is to be that voice of the target client that's yeah. that's what we are in the business we need to talk like them talk to them share the basics of the product if it's a technical product no turn it into user speak so that they actually understand what it is um, talk to their pain points. What's keeping them up at night that we can solve, right? So being that voice, being being that target client. And yes, you're right. I think that takes training. Sometimes the target, well, a lot of the time, the target client is not us. So we have to become 
someone else, right? We have to, for whatever that piece of marketing is, think like a different person. Yeah, that's um, why I've always said that as a marketer, one of the key characteristics of good, a good characteristic or personality type to have is someone who's very empathetic. Mm, I agree. It's a, a huge advantage to anybody who who has that as a marketer. Because Absolutely. That, then you've already you've already beaten half the battle, which is just trying to put yourself in someone's shoes. Yeah, and curiosity, right? For me, it's about mm. being curious. Why the why question? Just keep asking why, why, why. Or in some books and stuff, I've seen they've said so what, right? So it's what? Yeah. So what question? Until you get to that, to the actual answer. Yeah, I I really love this. So what? I've been using it recently to uh, combat some some. Um decisions about how to articulate a product and instead of trying to instead of trying to come up with an argument why you don't think it works because it's kind of you know it's not going to work so because you understand the market if you just keep prodding them with the you know but so what and what does that mean how does that help me i don't understand the benefit so what you know and then it really makes someone think, yeah, I'm not really sure. <laughs> no, exactly. And that's a good question to have. That's a really good question to have in your mind when you're trying to work out the product. If you think you've, as a product owner, I think, if you have the, if you if you really start asking yourself the question, you know, what actually am I delivering to the person? Well, how have I changed their life? Not rather, not rather than, thinking about, you yeah, know, I'm really proud of. How cool is it? How cool it is. <laughs> and, and all of the coding I did was amazing. <laughs> so if people struggle, so, okay, we we believe that it's important to define your ideal client, right? Not your only client, but the person that is best suited to your product and service. Where do we start, Alex? If we, if we can make it easy for people, where do we start? Um. Also depends on the, st the stage and age of the business. For example, if they've already got a large client base, the, mm. because sometimes you get early adopt or people who've, you know, just seen the product and started buying it. It's quite good idea to look at who you currently are already servicing, yeah, and trying to understand what the common theme is through those people. Obviously, when you start a business, there might be some people who are you know, trying to help you out or whatever. Friends. Buying. <laughs> Friends. Yeah. So you need to be careful of those. So segmenting like some of your... our loyal podcast listeners, the friends. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you need to filter those out when you're segmenting that audience or your current uh, customer base to understand, you know, make sure they are legitimate customers. And then yeah. Really try and understand who they are and find that common theme between them. Yeah, that's a good one. I also like starting with the who not. Because if you start with the whole universe, there's some nots, right? So children. Children, yes, no, no, okay. Uh, pensioners, yes, no. So if you start stripping out the nots, like who's not going to use this? Who's it not for? Your pool becomes smaller and smaller. And then it helps you focus a little bit, right? So I like starting there. 
just who's not going to like this, you know? Maybe if it's a, a technical product, someone like me who is really bad at tech is a not. So yeah. you can put that down. Not Erica. That's that's also a, a good way of just flipping it around. And sometimes, sometimes you can get stuck thinking, oh, but they might be, they might not be. But yeah, just eliminate, 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 eliminate until you've you've really narrowed it down, and then and then work from that one. So I, I like that one. The who not. Another way that works well is who do you like working with? If you had to choose one person for the rest of your life, what would who would they be, right? Because we've we've had some more difficult clients that maybe we wouldn't choose if they were our only client, right? And then we've had some awesome ones that we would love to work with forever. So you kind of start getting a feel for you know, if they're too detailed, maybe not detailed enough, too prescriptive, not prescriptive enough, too nitpicky, not nitpicky enough. You know what you like to work with, especially for small business owners, right? If you're the one person that has to deal with the other person, having people you like being with is, is also a nice, easy way to say, right, if I could find a hundred of these people that I love, how joyous would my life be rather yeah. than, you know, 50 nice ones and 50 pains in the butt that I don't want to deal yeah. with. That is true. That's very true. And I I, I feel your shared pain on that one. Okay. Um, and then also a really basic one is, is it B2C or B2B? Oh, that's an easy one to start with. Yes. You have already segmented. I think that's some. there are some cases where people don't think about that. It makes a huge difference. It does. Know, because the... The buying characteristics of someone in B2C versus B2B are very different. I mean, they are, you still are talking to a person, but it's kind of a little less emotion in B2B, a little bit more emotionally provocative, perhaps, in the B2C. So that's quite a key one to, to initially decide. And then, you know, you can completely, like, like the who not, Okay, it's, we're not B2C. Let's forget about those guys. Let's forget. If, if I'm B2B, then I shouldn't listen to what my mum thinks about it because she's not in that business. She's a B2C. Absolutely. <laughs> and another easy one is geography, right? Are you global? Are you UK only? Are you, you know, is it, is it, are people in, if you're B2B, is it big companies, you know, the size of an AIG or whatever that's going to buy or... So, so there's yeah. some simple ones, right? Size, yeah. uh, geography, spread. Absolutely. And then and the other thing that I was just thinking about it when you were talking earlier around um, understanding uh, what isn't isn't important to somebody. Something that makes a huge difference as well is is culture. Yeah. So even if it that also does is applied to the geography part that you were saying but then even within say a country like the uk uh which is very multicultural um you can even look at those elements i mean depends on which sector it is but particularly for b2c i think because you have a lot more personal emotive messaging sometimes if you know that your product is will be potentially um more applicable to a certain culture, for example, be a lot more culturally appropriate to that culture mm. in, in, in the language that you use. Like we even found that 
um for example in um when we were marketing into eastern europe just the type of language you use is very different to the type of language that you're using in for a and in the states or the uk or something like that they have very different drivers in terms of what is and isn't important no that's a good one and then another key one that people don't like to look at but is affordability right like you know surely all the people who are going to have to need payment plans to pay for it or do you want that? Do you want, you know, a 24 month payment plan versus someone who can just pay you on the spot? I mean, yes, you can do it, but we're talking ideal client, right? So have, if you're going to have the payment plan, make that as, unless that's your target client, you know, you could make that as the optional, not advertised offer. If I find a client, I really want to help rather than the main offer. So affordability becomes, becomes a key cutoff, right? You know, yeah. I mean, and I know some people do this, some really sleazy salespeople, in my opinion, they convince you that you can pay for stuff on credit card or you can take debt or I'm not into that at all. I'm a no. <laughs> so, um, so, you know, for me, if someone needs to go into debt to pay for my services, don't do it. That's not a. Yeah. But unless that's me. Unless you're a loan shark. Yes. Unless you're a loan shark. <laughs> and that is the business you're in or a personal loads uh, consultant in a bank yes that's yeah. a different, different model yeah i mean affordability is a huge one because then that also spans down to your your pricing uh strategy right yeah um so you need to be thinking about that anyway um so put it up in the top in the first in the first exercise of who is your target already map that out you know what they can and they cannot afford that's actually a really good one um looking at like the so not social classes but you know what i mean like uh what's what economic economic yeah economic classes that's a huge one you need to need to know which band they sit in um because yeah like you said that's going to form both inform both the types of messaging and the types of product you can do and then the the pricing for it yeah I mean, if you sell high-end champagne, your target market's kind of people who can afford and like high-end champagne, right? You kind of have cemented already. So these are the easy ones we've done, Alex. This doesn't even take a lot of thought, right? We can You can sit for half an hour and map these ones. Then you can go into the deeper stuff, right? Like, you know, do are they married? Do they have kids? Like, that's that's the next level, well, yeah. unless, again, if your product is divorces, then actually maybe you do only want people married, right? There's some easy connections yeah. you can make. Yeah. But but I know people get stuck on, I don't want to be, I don't want to only target 52-year-old woman called Mary who live on a farm. I, I'm not even, I don't think you have to go that far. Yes, having a person and an avatar, because now we're talking avatars. Having an avatar that you can talk to when you're writing your piece makes it a little bit easier. But I don't even think you need to do that, right? You, as as long as you have a grouping and you're clear about the common characteristics, I, I've worked with clients where that's enough. They didn't have to get down to 25-year-old Mary who has a dog called Scott. You don't have to do that, right? Yeah. And, and it's no, you don't. And it's super helpful to have 
those high level pieces that you were just talking about yeah. even e- even from when i'm working on a project i have a miro board i love i just love miro now it just works so nicely for me mm-hmm. i just have those audiences mapped out at the top of my page yeah and any pieces so i i just basically have my ideas board of all copy and everything i have on the Myra board and i just have that at the top and i'm still referencing it almost every set of copy copy that i'm doing just thinking you know does that tick this box yes yes or no okay i maybe need to edit that a little bit or something it's very helpful and it it shouldn't just be a task that you do and then okay now i've remembered it and put it away i, I think it's a really good piece of advice to have it visible visual. yeah visual yeah so, you, so you've always got it there to reference because even though you might think you're thinking about it you can start your own biases can come back in again but if you have that visual rep- representation there um it can really keep you on track yeah and i know that's why a lot of uh, marketers um are proponents of the avatar right the person but you know if that scares you off you don't have to go that far at least do your your little block of who's in and who's out it gives you a steer mm. already right um because then you can start asking the questions like if that's my little block are they on facebook should i be yeah. wasting time there or not are they on linkedin yeah. you know you know are they at networking meetings so so your questions are all about your block so the smaller it is the better obviously but you don't have to go to the one um if you're not comfortable with that yeah that's true that's quite nice as well having those blocks of they are on facebook they're not on linkedin duh, 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 duh. and then you just always just just basically the, the rules of your marketing don't yeah. go on LinkedIn. go on facebook don't go at night time go in the daytime duh, 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 duh. um yeah i saw a marketing plan the other day my mum volunteers in the cafe and the in the hospital and someone put it together a marketing plan who works in the hospital actually he he works in it but his hobby is marketing and he's he was asked to do a marketing plan by the chairman and he sent it over and i had a look at it and it was kind of like they just i feel like now i can see when someone has asked chat gbt to write something <laughs> because it, there's there's words in there that always uses that you think yeah. who the hell uses that like foster a relationship no. yeah yeah no one talks like that yeah no one says that and then and obviously we're in the uk so you don't really see the the z's we have the s's in the words yeah. and it has all of those come out all the smart goals and things like that and i was like oh my goodness however it didn't say I would even um, give credit to ChatGPT because I'm sure it would talk about target audience, but this one didn't. In not not even not not one single reference, nowhere at all. And I just thought, sticks your main job, not your hobby. But also, <laughs> when when you're trying to work with whether it's copywriters or designers or whatever, I'm always nervous when someone doesn't ask me about the target audience. Right? Like if you're briefing in a piece of work whatever that work is, whether it's a copywriter, a web designer, a whatever it is, if you're briefing in a piece of work, a video, post, whatever, and they don't ask who your target audience is, I'm already like, how do you, how do you know what you're doing if you haven't asked? 
Yeah. Uh, and that's that's kind of always a red flag for me. It, it surely you need to know who who this is for. Even a graphic, right? Even an image. Someone who no, hasn't asked, they just don't ask who's your intended audience. Hmm. Yeah, completely right. And it's a vital question for anything that is going to be visually or is going to have will, that your audience will have access to. Anything that will touch them in any way, it needs to have been considered in terms of who they are before it's produced. You're right. Right. So key message today, Alex, please, please take the time to ask yourself, do you know who your target audience is? And there's so many names, ideal client, avatar. It's all the same thing. Who's the wonderful person that you would want to work with for the rest of your life that wants your stuff and can afford it? Yeah. If I had to pick one of those, one of the the piece of advice from I would go with the one you were just saying because it's very easy to visualize that way. Just visualize a real person that you maybe maybe they're a customer of your, yours already or not, but they they are exactly who you want to be selling to because you like them. They need the product, da 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 da, and then just have that person in your mind all the time. You already know them and pretend you're writing to them. If you don't have it much time to do a lot of work on it, then that is a great starting point. Absolutely. Well, great chatting, Alex. I'll see you again. See you. Bye-bye. Bye. That wraps up this episode of Giraffes Don't Eat Steak. Thanks for joining us. I hope you found value in our discussion and got some new ideas to apply to your own business. Tune in next week for another round of marketing insights and inspiration. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We appreciate you listening. Catch you next time on Giraffes Don't Eat Steak.